Well, welcome everyone to the Westview Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Simunik, and I am joined by Pastor Charlie Salamone and Cheryl Johnson. Thanks for joining us today, friends. Pleasure to be here. Bonjour. Perfect. So, uh, we are in the Advent season, and uh, that's a season full of hope-filled anticipation as we approach Christmas. So I thought it was appropriate to ask you this deep question. What is your favorite Christmas movie? And don't answer mm. this too quick. Think about it. You know? I think I have to go Home Alone. I'm going to say Home Alone. Okay. Yeah. There's a, a movie that I saw years ago. I think it's called Dutch. It has... Uh, who's the guy from Married with Children? And then he was in... Uh, I don't know. Modern Are those family? some of those black and white films without sound? <laughs> That's not like, that old. I don't... Uh, okay. It was around when I was a kid. Who's the I guy from Modern know. Family? The old guy. Well, I know who the guy is. I just don't know the actor. his name. I don't know. I don't know actors' names in general. We're just so. creating quality content right yeah. now. Everyone's like screaming it. So, so you're saying Home Alone? Yeah. And you're probably s- Home Alone too. Okay. To be is that a home Christian alone film? Also. Home Alone yeah, also. Not home alone too. <laughs> are those alone. are those Christian films? Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, I love the uh, cartoon version of The Grinch. Not the new live action mm-hmm. one, but the cartoon one is like prime. And my That's sister and I used to watch it on a like recorded VHS nice. where it had all the old commercials. Yeah. So I got to get back to watching. It's not a movie. Do you still? Do you it's still incredible. Have it? It's a show. That's a show. You're talking about you're a mean one. Yeah. That's a show. It's a it's a short. Your parents just film. told you it was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Parent they trick. well they call like smaller novels novellas. So what do you call a smaller film? Film, film, filmella. It's a filmella. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay, on that note, first. <laughs> we're going to dive right into our topic for today. That has nothing to do with Christmas movies. That has nothing to do with Christmas movies whatsoever. Um, <laughs> After losing half our audience. With that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so many people are like, I am out of here. These yeah. people are crazy. Um, we are going to talk a little bit. Well, we're starting a new series in the new year. And it's called Experiencing God. How to Experience God? Is it Experiencing God? Experiencing God. Okay, so what series on the Holy Spirit? Yeah, what's what's the heart of that series? Why are we doing it? Uh, what are we going to be digging into? Well, we spent uh, a good amount of time in John chapter 14 through 16. And a big focus of that is Jesus telling the disciples that the Holy Spirit would come, the counselor as sometimes translated or advocate or helper but he's talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would come and this would be a greater blessing for the disciples than if Jesus would have stayed it was supposed to be this uh, monumental and he spoke about different aspects of that but it brings with it a lot of questions and then we began to share some of that on Sunday, some of the um, scriptures regarding the filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and with that comes much more questions, so we thought we would do a series on experiencing God through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful, wonderful, and Cheryl, as you've been in these conversations as you've been talking about the new sermon series, what's really resonated with you? What do you feel is a really yearning question in the hearts of the people that that that, that really needs to be answered? 
I just I think there's a lot of um, uncertainty out there about the Holy Spirit, and I grew up with that kind of uncertainty, um, coming from a faith tradition that was like a lot less focused on the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, and as we as we look at like text now questions and hear the questions that have come in, I think there's just like w- w- clarity, I guess, in yeah. in what the Holy Spirit's role is in our lives and. Um, how we can experience God through the Holy Spirit. Do you both sense that sometimes there's a bit of uneasiness or fear when we approach this topic? Yes. Yeah. Why Why do you think that is? I think that it is basically because of experience. There is a lot of strange things that have happened in the name of the Holy Spirit mm. And this is not to say that um, churches that really focus on the Holy Spirit are all weird or, or wacky or anything. I'm not suggesting that at all. But when people do do weird stuff or unhealthy stuff, it is often, you know, very much spoken about. You hear about that. Um, it's kind of like similar in a similar way when Christians like love their neighbor and live sacrificially and humbly, it's not really newsworthy, but when a Christian acts really judgmentally, Mm. then it's like something that people talk about and uh, they can really ruin it for the rest of us. And here in Canada, um, not that far from Toronto, there was a um, a supposed revival some years ago, and I'll be honest, I haven't studied it much, but everyone here has heard about the Toronto airport blessing, the Toronto blessing. And something that a lot of people seem to know is that at some point there was someone or multiple people that were barking like dogs um, with the idea that that was a work of the Holy Spirit, which seems pretty far from what you'd see in the Bible. And people hear about things like that, and they're like, oh, all that Holy Spirit focus is not healthy, and we don't want to go down that road. Um, and there's other things, but I, I think a lot of it is just they've people have heard about some of the more extreme, weird things, and they just feel safer in, in uh, feel safer to just do our Christianity in a more, I don't know what the word is. Uh, orderly and hmm. less extravagant sort of manner. So, Cheryl, you were saying that you grew up in a context where maybe some of this stuff was maybe de-emphasized a little bit. Is yeah. that is that how you would put it? Mm-hmm. So, what was your experience of that? And did you see some sort of? Um, do you feel like you you lost some some beautiful parts of experiencing God because of that? Or maybe that's too strong of a question. But I'll just I'll throw it to you. Um. I mean, I didn't know any different when I was growing up because right. I, I just, this is what we did at church. And those crazy people who were speaking in tongues were, you know, <laughs> exactly that, crazy people. Um, I started to experience people, like the, the what we call the charismatic movement or, you know, some of the stuff that Charlie was talking about. I've been to the Toronto, bless, uh, Toronto Airport Church a couple times um, and it felt really strange because I was very unfamiliar. Um, and I had some friends who like manipulated me with, with, 
some of those manifestations to the point where like they knew I was uncomfortable and kind of forced it on me. And that was like, well, then I don't want anything to do with it. But I do have a friend who um, is a really, he, he helped me to really um, understand the Holy Spirit and experience the Holy Spirit in a new way. And um, I had an experience of the Holy Spirit um, through him praying for me that actually like made my entire life make sense. And, and it's, it gave me a picture of my life that is um, something that like helps me to to live out my calling as a, as a Christian and as a pastor. Um, and that was something that was terrifying to me because of those bad experiences that I've had. Um, I would say now I sometimes still have apprehension about it, but it comes more from the knowledge that God is so big. Mm. And so like I can't control what he's going to do, do to me, quote unquote, I can't control what um, is going to happen as I seek more of the spirit in my life. And so um, the the fear of like, what's he going to make me do is something that's very real. And I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Like, what if I do make a fool of myself because I have, I have this thing that happens because of experiencing the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think that's the wrong question to ask. I think a better question is like, what, like what if God did something like that in me, you know, like, wouldn't it yeah. be cool if he did that? It's hard to live that out, but yeah, it's kind of like looking forward to like the possibilities yeah. with joy yeah. and trust in God, um, without that sort of fear of like, what if it all goes wrong? Um, and even if something goes wrong, God is faithful and gracious to bring us back to that path. Um, yeah. And just knowing like my, my friend that I was talking about, he actually ended up getting his PhD in the Holy Spirit, which sounds really weird. But um, he he was saying to me that God doesn't like try to make us like someone else. He, he tries to make us. Um, more fully who he created us to be and so it looks different in every person and so maybe you won't bark like dogs because that's not who you're supposed to be and I didn't end up barking like a dog when I had that experience and um but then again he my friend said like 99 95% of the time when I pray for someone to get baptized in the Holy Spirit then they speak in tongues and I didn't speak in tongues but there was something else that was really cool that happened so um you know, you just have to be open to what God has, trusting what you know of him, like that he's a good God and he he's for you and he's he's trying to make you more fully who he created you to be and not just make you look like an idiot. Could you both speak into maybe the, I don't think it's attention, but when we look at experiencing God, we can experience him in the ordinary and the mundane moments of life. And we can also experience him in the supernatural and uh, really just yeah miraculous experiences how how do we what kind of mindset should we have as we move forward seeking to experience more of God um, in a way that's balanced and expecting him in the ordinary but also really expecting and yearning for the miraculous as well how do do we look to experience both without the detriment of one or the other well we should listen to what the Bible says, namely uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, perhaps verse 2. You can double-check it. But earnestly desire the higher gifts, especially that you may prophesy, which means really desire to hear from God. Mm-hmm. You should 
not just desire, but earnestly desire. So yeah. desire, desire, desire. Um, but while you are desiring that, um, scriptures also tell us rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So in those moments where you're not hearing from God or, you know, seeing the heavens open and, you know, uh, having these really high experiences in between those, uh, be sure to, to not let your joy be dependent on, you know, I heard a, I saw a vision today or, and I didn't see a vision today. So I'm, you know, today I'm not full of the joy of the Lord. Hmm. And, uh, so really desire the one without um, letting your joy be dependent on it. Mm. Any thoughts on that, Cheryl? Yeah, I think also recognizing that he do, the Spirit is not just about the huge, crazy w- works of you know miracles or um, any of these manifestations, but that he's ultimately about pointing us to Jesus and making us more like Jesus and working mm-hmm. out our faith and in. Um, to, to, to mature into, into what God wants it to be. And so I, I think that that is like an ordinary moment thing yeah. that, um, he's with you all the time and there will be moments where something, you know, more out there might happen, but just because it doesn't, it doesn't mean that he's not working. And, and right. if you are growing in your faith, even if it's like tiny little, you know, a millimeter a day or whatever, that's because he's working in your life. Right. Right on. So you mentioned the spiritual gifts. Now, what what is the purpose of the spiritual gifts and how do we seek after them? Uh-huh. Those questions are seem to be simple, but They're the not. answers are not always <laughs> as simple. I would say that the primary purpose of the spiritual gifts are to build up the church. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's where all of them with a little asterisk, I would say all of them are for the purpose of edifying the church, whether that's bringing people into the church, the gift of evangelism or um, gift of encouragement, teaching, building them up, strengthening them. Um, mm-hmm. The reason why I add the asterisk and, and there's others, by the way, there's serving people. I mean, there's, there's lots of spiritual gifts for showing love and helping the church. But the reason why I add, add an asterisk about, um, the purpose of the gifts is to edify the church collectively is um, I think that you can actually make a good case and I'd say a very strong case that um, when it comes to the gift of tongues, which is a longer conversation because the gift of tongues, you see th- three uses of the gifts of tongues and two out of three of those are for the edification of the church to communicate to someone in a language you don't know or to give a, a word of prophecy and then to have someone else um, interpret it. Um, and those are, again, longer conversations that we're certainly going to get into during our series. But you can also see um, that uh, the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to man, but to God. Um, the one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Um, you know, if there's no one to interpret it, the person should uh, speak to God. And basically not to others if there's no one to interpret. So what this means is um, tongues is also a prayer language that can be given to some for the purpose of edifying oneself. 
And uh, that's a longer conversation. And and I will say that that's a a somewhat controversial position. There's a lot of people that do not think tongues was ever given to be a prayer language. But I would say, based on the passages I just mentioned, um, I would say that the Bible does certainly support tongues as a prayer language. Before we go into how we uh, seek the gifts, could I just ask too, are there some gifts that maybe there are some gifts that we talk a lot about. Are there some that maybe people haven't heard of that they might have that would be helpful to know of? Well, there's a gift of... Sorry, Cheryl, we'll get to you too. I just yeah, it's, it's a long list. Yeah, yeah. You could absolutely uh, I mean, mention it. I'm just, I'm just thinking within the conversation, we like to talk about prophecy and tongues, which is awesome. Yeah. Are yep. there some that maybe we don't talk a lot about that it'd be helpful for people to hear about? Let's start spitfiring. What else is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's leadership and administration, which are two gifts that I have. Yep. Some of the more boring ones, you mean? <laughs> wow, shots fired. I have fun with I'm them. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're not the only guys I have, I'm a lead pastor, too, so <laughs> I guess somewhere there's got to be something there. Yeah. Uh, service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mercy. Mercy. Faith, mm-hmm. Knowledge. Yep. Discernment. Yep. Discernment. Exhortation, which is building yep. people up. Encouragement. Wow. So um, there's, there's a lot. Not only that you see the spiritual gifts listed in different places in the Bible and the lists are a little different, Mm -hmm. which leads one to wonder, are Mm -hmm. these lists exhaustive? Are there other spiritual gifts that are not listed there? Because I don't think the purpose of the lists are like, Hey, I'm going to list every one. A lot of times the purpose they're they're part of another point that's being made. So uh, you have to wonder is, is uh, leading others in worship a spiritual gift? Um, perhaps it's part of the spiritual gift of encouragement, but perhaps it is its own spiritual gift or uh, who knows what else. Or maybe there are certain offices in the church that can operate with different giftings depending on who the person is, right? I wonder. Sure. Yeah. Um, just just on this topic of the, the purpose oh, hold on, of the hold gifts. Hold on, We forgot one, yeah. at least one. Oh. Uh, the apostolic gifts, ah, which yes. is a yes. whole other conversation we can have. Uh, you see in the Bible that... Yeah. Uh, an apostle, there is an office of apostle, Mm -hmm. which is like the 12 apostles and and Paul. But then there are other people that are called apostles and and, uh, um, uh, apostle is listed as uh, one of the spiritual gifts. So the apostolic gifts of Mm -hmm. being sent by God. Mm -hmm. So it's a conversation I'm sure we'll probably get into during our series. Shout out to Mike Stone from Vision Ministries if you're listening to this. Okay. (laughs) Of course he is. He's definitely listening. A bunch of people are like, who? He's our number one fan. You should know who Mike Stone is. (laughs) (laughs) Cheryl, any any thoughts on um, uh, just on the purpose of the gifts? Uh, I agree with Charlie. They're to build up the the body of Christ. They're they're missional in nature. They're not for our benefit and our use, but they're for the benefit of others. Right on. Right on. And I mean, that makes a lot of sense, especially in, uh, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians that he right after listing a bunch of the gifts and talking about them, talks about how the greatest thing is love, right? Yeah. And then if he doesn't have love, he's like a clanging symbol. So it's, uh, so yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, let's talk a little bit about how we would uh, go about seeking the gifts, earnestly seeking the gifts. Um, and maybe within that, we can also talk about how we go about maybe identifying the gifts that we have. Take a quiz online. Just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> Does BuzzFeed have a quit? No? Okay. <laughs> I just, I say that because there are a lot online, um, but um, not to be like, J.D. Greer is my favorite, but he is. Um, and his wife took a test and she had celibacy as one of her gifts, <laughs> but she was already married to J.D. Greer. 
Oh, no. <laughs> so it's like, not accurate. <laughs> so, I mean, they're they're not like 100% bad, but there are other things that you should do in order to yeah. explore what your gifts are besides take a test right. online. So what are those things? Of how you know? I would say yeah. get involved in the church mm-hmm. and serve and... When they say we need volunteers for this, volunteer for that. When you see an opportunity to help someone, do it. And eventually you're going to find yourself in circumstances where you love this. Like I'm doing something and I love it and it. I feel empowered. I feel like there's a strength that I have in doing this thing for helping others or helping the church. And there you are. You've, uh, you've discovered your spiritual gifts. Hmm. Yeah, I would also say um, listen to people who know you really well. Hmm. Uh, I yeah. had someone call me a leader when I was 17, uh, and I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then I realized that what I had been doing that I just thought was just like helping out with stuff was um. actually leading. And, um, and that's just been something that's been called out in me several times by people who know me really well. Wow. And, and so it's been confirmed because I had suspicions already and it's something I just naturally do. But, um, you know, people confirm it in my life and pray that over me. And, and that's how I know I have that gift. Wow. And maybe another takeaway from your story is that we should be trying to call that out yeah, in others absolutely. as well. Absolutely. You know, look, look to, to encourage others and sort of call that out on them. Say, I, I think you have this gifting. Yeah, I see this in you. Yes. You should try this more. I've well, also I've said this to some some teenagers, um, like you're you have leadership. You're a good leader. You're not using it right. <laughs> That's mm. another. <laughs> so you call it, but you help them to to. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the word is. I'm looking for. You know, you guide it a little bit in the yeah. younger people. Can we use our gifts wrong? Yes. Yeah. How yeah. do we? How, how, what does that look like? Uh, First Corinthians, <laughs> uh, that was a huge purpose of the letter was, uh, he says, he thanks God that they are enriched in every way. First Corinthians chapter one, uh, first Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 really shows that they were not using their gifts in a way that was orderly. Um, they were not using their gifts in ways that were the intended purpose of building up the church. Uh, they, uh, so yeah, you can use it in the wrong way for sure. Yeah, to to use the example of this kid that I called leadership out in, um, he was using his leadership to get all his friends to do whatever he wanted at youth group and disrupting and you know and so it was just like you could be leading people towards engaging and you right. know being participants and instead you're choosing to do it this way and so he's very very skilled and a natural leader and i believe that's a spiritual gift in this kid but he was using it wrong hmm. and how about in in prayer how should we be earnestly seeking the gifts in prayer well, asking god to reveal them there you are <laughs> yep <laughs> That's asking him. I'm teeing it up for you guys. Was that a trick question? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, just say prayer, Ryan, if you want to add one. Don't (laughs) ask, 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 yeah. Ask, yes. And when you're asking, like, believing that uh, God is a good father who likes giving gifts to his children, Mm -hmm. you're not asking a stingy person, you know, you're asking Mm -hmm. someone who's 
and you're asking for good things. Yeah. So. Now, Charlie, you mentioned this before, um, but you have been leading us as a church and have been, uh, recently you preached a sermon on this, but this idea of being clothed with power and sort of communally together seeking, um, seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, I think that's very much connected to this. Um, correct me if you d- disagree, oh, yeah. but um, could you maybe unpack a little bit more what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is and how that connects to this conversation? Well, for a, a more thorough um, explanation, I would uh, refer you back to the sermon that was preached on Sunday, November... Don't know. A couple weeks ago. (laughs) Listen to all the sermons in November. Just go back. (laughs) Read the title. It's from from a couple weeks ago. Look at the title. You'll figure out which one I'm talking about. Uh, And, um, but what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, uh, based on what you see in the scriptures, it is being clothed with power because that's at the end of the book of Luke. And Luke begins uh, the book of Acts. Uh, with the same, recounting the same thing. Um, and it speaks of not many days from now, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, talking about the same thing. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is being clothed with power. Also in Acts, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. It is certainly a power. That is, I think, important to note. Also, the word baptism means submerged. So I would say there is an element of, of overflow, of, a, of, of something flowing out of you. And once more, like being empowered uh, with something, uh, with God. Um, and I would also say that with that is going to, the way that that's going to overflow is going to be spiritual gifts. And there's a, um, for some, it might be uh, the spiritual gifts of, of speaking in tongues. For some, it might be other spiritual gifts. Um, I th- there is a large portion of the Christian church today that associates baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, which I think is unfortunate because we know that Um, not all speak in tongues. And this is in the same passage where Paul says, we've all been baptized by one spirit. So we can certainly have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, like that same passage speaks about uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, you know, there are many gifts, but one spirit. So, um, So once more, in summary, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a, uh, an empowerment of uh, being submerged with the Spirit of God. And uh, you, uh, from that comes a power to serve the church, to witness for him. And one more thing I'd like to add. Um, once more, this is a controversial issue, but this is distinct from the receiving of the Holy Spirit, which happens uh, as part of conversion, is, is what theologians might call regeneration. Um, if once more that's controversial, but in the sermon I did two weeks ago, I did a rather long case 
uh, for why I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is distinct from conversion. So I won't get into all of that now. But I think yeah. that is a helpful distinction to make, though, for people to understand where you're coming from, mm-hmm. that all believers, all Christians have the Holy Spirit, but you're saying that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a distinct experience, a distinct thing from that. Yeah, the word experience is very important because when someone believes, it's not always this powerful experience. It, you know, it's like the mustard seed of faith is implanted and being sealed with the Spirit when you believed. I think that's Ephesians 4. Yeah, Ephesians 4, uh, you were sealed with the Spirit when you believed. I see that as an internal thing, and I don't see that as the same as being clothed, like externally clothed with power. Mm. See those as two different things. So uh, that's to say, like, if you've never had this powerful experience, I don't think the answer to that is like, oh, I wonder if I'm really saved. But I do think the answer to that is to hunger and thirst and ask. Yes. Mm. Any thoughts on that, Cheryl? Um, yeah. I, I, well, I don't know if I have thoughts. I agree. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, I I grew up, like I said, like just thinking that that first experience of the Holy Spirit or that first like yeah. outpouring of the Holy Spirit at salvation was the only thing we needed. And I have since changed my mind. <laughs> Same, actually. <laughs> Did Charlie change your mind? No. <laughs> my experience with with uh, being baptized with the Holy Spirit changed my mind. Oh, excellent. Do you yeah. want to tell that story? I mean, I guess I can. That would be wonderful. Do we have time? We it's, have time. It's not that time. long of a story. If the so, podcast is too long, we can split into multiple okay. parts. Well, uh, so I had this friend who came to live with me in Vancouver, me and my roommate. Um, and he was only supposed to be there for three days and ended up being there for three months. And that was that's a side note. But... Um, really, really good friend of mine that I knew from university. And, um, he was the one that started unpacking this baggage that I had of like people, you know, misusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit to like try to manipulate me into things. And, um, one day he said, I just, I really do want to pray for you for baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, Nope, (laughs) bye. (laughs) But, um, he talked to me and asked me, like answered all my questions and, um, address my fears. And so, um, I decided that I would try this, you know, I would try to be open to, to the Lord. And, um, so they, he and two other friends that were staying with us at the time, um, prayed for me one night and it was, um, it was a wintry night in Vancouver. That doesn't really mean much. It's kind of cold in our house. I felt really, really cold. Um, and I, when they laid their hands on me, um, I just felt warmth, like shoot, they, they put their hands on like my back and I, it shot like all the way down. It wasn't just radiating warmth, but it was just, it was like all the way down my spine and all the way up to the top of my head. And it started tingling the top of my head. And I paid attention to that because he had said when he experiences the presence of God, he can feel it. He feels tingling in the top of his head. And I was like, well, that's interesting. So, um, I was just kind of a, a coming at this with like total open mind, trying to just be like, this might be a thing, this might not be a thing. Uh, so we're they're praying for me, and they're um, and the tingling's there, and it's there, and it's there, and um, finally one of the the other guys that was with us is like, I can see a picture of you, and you have flowers growing out of the top of your head, and they're on fire, and people come along and pick them, and that hurts you but there's a sense that 
it's going to be okay because they'll grow back. And he's like, does that mean anything to you? And I was like, no, (laughs) but I paid attention to that because my head was tingling and he's talking about the top of my head and I had not said anything about it. And so, um, after they were kind of processing with me and I was telling this guy like, yeah, I did like, I had tingling in my head, you know, and it wasn't like all over. It was just like in one spot. And the third guy goes, I could see the flowers too. And that's where they were. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. So I don't know what it meant. Like I was just like going about my life. Like, well, that was interesting. The tingling stayed around for like three days or something. And, and then it kind of dissipated and, um, like two years went by and I told this story as just like a, a fun anecdote of what happened when my friend prayed for me and people would try to guess what that meant. And it never really resonated with me, but I was working this job where every summer I had like um, a new crew of college students that I'd hired to, to work at various um, camps that we ran across Canada. And so I was with this guy in a car driving, like we were going to like Staples or something. And he, we were just chatting. So I was telling him this story and he starts laughing and he's like, I fully know what that means. And I was like, what? And he's like, no, I a hundred percent know what, what it means. And so, um, he wouldn't tell me while we were in the store though, like, which, which was really annoying. So we get back in the car and I'm like, we're not going anywhere until you tell me. And so he just started talking about how the flowers represent the gifts that God has given me and they're beautiful and attractive to other people. And the fire represents God's presence in those gifts. And they're meant to be picked by other people and given away. They're not meant for me to, to keep them. And the times when I feel the most dry in my life are the times when I don't have any flowers left in that garden. And I have to seek opportunities with God, things that, things that are life-giving to me that replant flowers in that garden in order to get through those dry times. And as he was talking, that like, like I said before, like my life just started to make sense. Like all these different things started falling into place for me. And it's a paradigm through which I see my life now that like I... Um, I know that I'm supposed to pour out for other people, that I'm supposed to allow them to come into this garden and pick these flowers and and take these gifts and use them. Um, And that I'm supposed to be intentional about the things that give me, um, that that replant those flowers. Leading worship is sometimes um, one of those things that um, replant flowers, really, really good intentional time with God, really good intentional time with Christian friends usually plants those flowers back for me. And so I have to be really intentional about doing that or else I get to a point in my life where I'm like, I hate everything. <laughs> so. Wow. Wow. I'm so glad you shared that. Isn't that just the perfect picture for what we're talking about? It is uh, for multiple reasons. First off, I didn't know that leading worship was, why don't, I don't you do, do, do that well. more often? Because I haven't flexed that muscle in a while. Okay. You might be flexing that muscle more soon. Um, But this is really cool for multiple reasons. This really lines up with uh, a lot of what you see in the scripture. What that person said about you, seeing the flowers, that's what we would call uh, prophecy. The one who prophesies speaks to one's uh, comfort and encouragement. And what's really cool is that it was more than just like something for... um, a moment. It was the word that was spoken to you when you were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was kind of like a monumental thing for you to look at as kind of like a, a, a an important thing in life. And it reminds me of when Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, remember the prophecy that was spoken about you when they mm. laid hands on you. Mm. And it's like, like, remember that. Yep. Don't forget that. I'm actually um, thinking about getting a tattoo because I forget to replant those flowers. Like one of those forehead tat, like <laughs> no. flower. Like 
on my arm. You can't get it on don't your arm. Don't tell my mom, though. I'm just kidding. It's got to be on the head just somewhere. Kidding, just shave your yes. head, get the tattoo. Don't see your mom until my the mom hair grows back. <laughs> Somebody's listening to this and like, this is such a beautiful moment. Like, why are they talking about head tattoos just now? I destroyed it. But if you go into my office, there is a... Um, a pencil crayon drawing that um, Kiara Lansing did for me of flowers that are on fire, and that's wow. why. I didn't know she made that. Yeah, and I, I, I love what you said because it, it gives us this picture of going to the Lord, seeking His face, seeking to be filled by Him. Right, like talking about like cultivating that time with the Lord so that these plants would grow and that His presence would be on them. But mm-hmm. for what purpose? Yeah. To give them away. Yep. Right to go and be a blessing, to go and serve others, and isn't that just the perfect picture of 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 what we're called to as believers to be filled with the Spirit for the sake of others, right? Um, and to of course be in close relationship with God. Um, but all of these gifts are so that we can go out and bless others and and yeah. be a blessing to the body, the the church. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, no, but it's really really good. Yes, good good is a is a good word. Yeah, I was like, I can't say it's it's fun, but <laughs> but it's good. But it's right? good. Yeah, it's good. There's great joy in that because that's that's like who I was created to be, and it's how I understand my life now. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that this is a great place to end our conversation. Thanks, friends. This has been wonderful. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, please subscribe to the channel. That would help us out a lot. If you're listening on Apple Music, uh, on Apple Podcasts, uh, just leave us a review and a five-star rating. And if you're listening on uh, Spotify, if you could hit the notification bell and follow us as well, that would be great. Have a great day. <laughs>